Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. We are so, so, so excited that you're here today on this beautiful, sunny March, St. Patrick's Day. It is gorgeous out there. I'm so glad that I live in the great Pacific Northwest. How about you? Anyone out there you're like, this is my place? Yeah. I, if you're new, I'm a Tacoma boy, born and raised. And so, man, I'm just, I'm about my place. You know what I mean? So I know a lot of you are too. So, hey, I want to just welcome our online community as well. There's people uh, that are watching this. And so we want to say thank you wherever you're at throughout the world. I know there's people that watch in Europe and other places. And so I want to say welcome to you. Little housekeeping rule. Can I do that really quick here? Um, when you came in... Those of you on this side of the auditorium and this side of the auditorium, you guys got the first class seats, all right? Like if, you know, when you go on an airplane and it's like the, fir- the, the very front of the plane is the best section, how many of you know that as of right now, you guys have the best seats because you've got like 12 feet of leg room. Do you like the leg room this morning? Is it working out for you over there? The leg room's good? Okay, good, good. So those of you in this middle section, you're only having to suffer for about 20 more minutes, okay? Because this next week, we will be doing exactly what we've done to these sides in the middle section, all right? Is, anyone, is, that, is that okay with anybody? Like a little more leg room and that sort of a thing? And Jay, if you say, well, why would you take out seats? Why would you do this? We want, we want to reach this community for Jesus. And if you take the seats out, there's not going to be enough seats. I want you to know we've got you covered, okay? Because if you look backwards, there's a whole lot of space back there that we can just keep adding rows to. So the idea is we want to make it more comfortable for people in the auditorium. The idea that someone would come to church and like, because their knees were smashed up against the back, they don't want to come back. I'm not about that, all right? So we're going to be uh, making it as comfortable as you can and little foreshadowing We are praying as the pastors and the eldership about adding a second service, all right? And so it's going to accommodate for that, all right? Did you know that your your kids' ministries right now are jammed to the rafters? It is packed out. And how many of you know that's a good thing? That's a good thing. But we want to be able to uh, just accommodate more families and allow our servant leader volunteers right now who are holding your babies to get to come to church too. Would that be okay? If just every once, yeah, I think that's a great idea. So uh, we're just gearing up for growth, all right? So just wanted to let you in on that. Let's get to the scriptures now. Can we do that? We're continuing our series today entitled, I Am. Someone say, I Am. Talking about I Am and uh, What we've been doing the last several weeks is we've been looking at the statements, the red letters, the statements that Jesus made about himself. And he would teach in little stories called parables. And he would paint these pictures as he would teach a principle. And he referred to himself in many different ways. Last we, we talked about where he said, I am the resurrection and the life. I love that. Today, I want to look at where he makes this statement, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And 
It's one of the most, maybe if not the most controversial statement that Jesus made because it had so many implications for him and his followers, meaning you, those of you that follow him. Such a radical thing he said, and we'll talk a little bit about why it was so radical and the implications of it all. But before we get to this statement that he makes in John chapter 14, verse 6, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to John chapter 14 because that's where we will be living today. John chapter uh, 14, verse 6. Before we get to the statement, I kind of want to set it up with some context. Uh, I want to give you kind of a picture of what's taking place here before he makes this claim, okay? It's important that you read scripture in context because it can change everything. And you'll see why here in a second. So it's 48 hours leading up to his death. In 48 hours, he's about to be murdered in the most inhumane way. This isn't like just a a shot to the head. He's about to be brutally tortured and then killed in the most horrific way. And Jesus, Scripture says that Jesus was fully God, but also fully human. Meaning if you pinched him, by the way, I don't have green on today, so I've already got like four pinches today, all right? If you pinched Jesus, he would say, ow, are you with me? Not to simpl- simplify it too, but he was fully human. So he's, he's starting. The countdown is on, if you will. And his humanity is, is, is kind of starting to rise up. And, and, he, and he's feeling the weight of, about, of what he's about to experience. And, 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 and scripture says that he's troubled. He's upset with this. And in John chapter 13, before obviously the 14th chapter that we're going to get to in a second, but in John chapter 13, Jesus is trying to communicate to his disciples that he's leaving. And they can't understand why. They don't get it. In their minds, they're the biggest show in town. Like, the rock show is just getting started. That whole bringing Lazarus back from the dead... I mean, it went viral. I mean, people knew about that. It was like all over YouTube, right? And, 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 so, and so his popularity is rising. The disciples, these are young guys. They're like, we joined the right team. We're, we're, we're nobodies. And, and now we're like, we're part of the band. And, and Jesus is, he's not clear but he's using, he, he's using a, a, a ways to communicate that he's not, it's not going to be like this forever, guys. I, I'm not going I'm, I'm to, I'm going somewhere. And they, and they don't understand what's going on. Jesus is like literally hanging the cleats up here. And, and, and they can't understand why he's doing this. And so, so look what Jesus says here, okay, in John chapter 14. Now, now do you have the context? He, he, he personally personally is troubled. And look what he says here. This is why it's so important to read scripture in context. Watch this. Do not let your heart, hearts be troubled. He, he is about to be tortured to death. 
And he's able to, to, to say, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believed in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Now, the disciples right now are are like, what's he saying? Carry on. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where the heck you're going. We, We don't get this at all. Jesus answered, here it is. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Say through me. Through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. I am the way, the truth, and the life. This is a preacher's dream because my outline's done. (laughs) Like, there it is. There's my points. Way, truth, life. You're already ahead of me, all right? So here it is. Not only is he just the way, write this down. He's the only way. He's the only way. Like, like big O, big N, you know what I'm talking about? He's the only way. Now, now when, when Jesus... When Jesus says, I am the way, the implications of this in in their ancient Roman context was, he incriminated himself when he said this. Because you must understand that Rome was in charge of those ancient Israelites. And did you know the Romans at a very early age would begin indoctrinating their children that there was only one way. And did you know what that way was? The Roman way. And they would would, drill this into their children. There is only one way, kiddo, and it's the Roman way. They would hear this constantly. The Roman way. In fact, the Romans taught that their emperors were divine. That they were actually sons of God to be worshipped. And so when Jesus says, I am the way, they're like, man, I hope that didn't make social media. (laughs) Because he's in trouble. He says, I'm the way. He's the only way. How many of you in this room like Cannon Beach? Do you like... Cannon Beach. How many of you like that transition right there? Um, I grew up going to Cannon. I love Cannon Beach, the big haystack rock, you know. And uh, I remember when I, I took my wife there for the first time, I don't know, like four years ago or something like that, five years ago maybe. And, and we, just the two of us went and uh, we got a room, you know, right, right there kind of by the beach. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. And it's just, just a dramatic place. And uh, I remember we, we got there and, you know, we showed up in kind of clothes like this. You know what I mean? Jeans. And in fact, she had jeans on and like, like some kind of 
Well, not shoes that you would walk with on the beach. Do you know what I'm talking about? You can figure that out for yourselves. And I remember, I'm like, let's, let's go walk, take a walk. It was, for, for it to be sunny on the Oregon coast, I don't think, I think that's the closest thing to heaven. Do you know what I mean? So it was a sunny, gorgeous day, and we just started walking with no plan. Didn't even know where we were walking to, just walking along. And we got to this area where there was like, I don't know how else to, to describe it. I'm sure one of you will come up to me afterward and say, that's not what it is. But it, it felt like it was like a river that kind of cut through the sand. You know what I'm talking about? Like, because there's fresh water that runs from the whatever, I don't even know, what, I'm not, you know, it just comes down from somewhere and it somehow ends up in the ocean. And so from time to time, it kind of carves out these bodies of water, right? Well, me not understanding exactly what they were, I thought it was just like the tide was in or, or whatever, and the water was like, you know, you, you see what I'm saying? Like little thing, but it was, kind of, it was kind of moving, you know? And I noticed that it literally went all the way down to the ocean. So it was like a, a trough that went all the way down. So we get to it, and uh, I wanted to get to the other side because there was like these dunes and then like forest. I'm like, we're going there. We've already walked like three miles. We're not turning back. So with that, I just, you know, pulled my shoes off, you know, kind of pulled up my skinny jeans, you know, and which is a struggle and kind of got them up. And I just, I just started wading out, man. And I was doing pretty good, got out there. And I noticed that as I, I kept going, kept getting a little kind of water started coming up. I'm like, ah, it's not, it's not going to stay like this forever, but it, it, it kind of kept doing that. And I was kind of already about halfway, almost halfway there. And I noticed Ashley was doing the same thing. And she had taken her, she had kind of like those kind of shoes she's got on. And so she had that, she had rolled her jeans up. And then she had like a, like a, like a purse of some kind, right? So she's, <laughs> she's kind of doing this thing, you know, like you got the picture with the shoe and it's like, we're like in the wilderness and she's like doing this whole thing. And I'm like, you're, you're doing fine. You're going to be fine, you know? And so I'm going, so I keep going. And like, it just keeps getting, the water just keeps coming up, coming up to the point where I'm like, I'm like full on, like mid, mid waist and like totally soaked. I'm like, what in the world? And she's like, you know, still doing this thing. And I, and for whatever reason in my mind, I just said, I'm just going to keep going. I don't care. I'm, I've already committed, you know? So, so I just kept going. I'm telling you, I was like, it, like, it, it, my, like, like my outfit was ruined for the day. You know what I mean? Finally, get, and it kind of starts and I get to the other side and I'm just like, yes, I made it. And I look back and my poor wife is like 10 feet off the beach there, you know? And I'm like, just go for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is such a stupid dude thing to say. Like, you can do it. I'll be here, you know? Like, hold your stuff high, you know? So she kind of keeps going, and I'm like, you go for it, like trying to pump her up. And I know, I, I, finally, I, I, it must have been the Holy Spirit, or just like my sense of like, you know, do the right thing, bad husband, because I noticed that the water was kind of rushing. You know what I mean? And it was like, it was kind of, and like, I thought to myself, oh my goodness, if she somehow trips or something, out to sea, Goodbye, wife, you know? <laughs> and so I was like, I need to go back. So then I went back down and got all the way through it. 
And I said, oh, I'm going to help you, right? So I kind of was doing this number, but it got, kept getting deeper. At that point, what did she do? She climbed up on my back. <laughs> True story. True. I wish someone had a camera of that. So she's got the shoes hitting me in the face and the, and the, and the tote bag. And we're like doing this thing. I'm soaking wet. We're all wet. And I'm like, like where, where, what are we, where are we headed? Like, what, what's the plan here? We finally, ah, right? And we finally make it to the other side. And we're soaking wet and cold. But we were both laughing and like high-fiving because we had made it to the promised land. Because like the other side was that much better, right? We didn't get washed out to sea, right? But, but here, here's, here's one of the thoughts that I want to... I want to leave you with when it comes to this ridiculous story. And that is, when I made the decision to step out into the water, and I took the next step, and then the next step, for those first couple of steps, I didn't realize just how deep the water was. Like my initial decision to go was based on the fact that I would easily get to the other side with no problems. Just a little bit of water. Oh, yeah, I got to roll my pants up, take my shoes off, but I'm on the beach. Big deal. I got this. I can do this on my own. In fact, my, my, my wife in heels, she can do this on her own too. And I told that story because I think the illustration of that is so um, important. Because from a spiritual sense, that water represents sin in this world. It represents betrayal and pain and brokenness and hurt. And so many times, we get ourselves into situations where we've made decisions, where we've stepped out into the river of brokenness and sin, and we say, you know what? If I do it my way, if I just keep going, I'll be totally fine. But how many of you know, the deeper you get into sin, the deeper you get into brokenness, the deeper you get into what the enemy wants for you, you're not gonna get to the other side. You're just gonna keep going down, down, in fact, that river will eventually just wash you out to sea. And maybe you're here this morning and you say, yes, that's what I've encountered in my life. I've stepped out thinking I've got this all under control. I've got it. I can do it my way. Because here's the thing. Most of us in this room want to be where God is. And on the other side of that river of sin and brokenness and pain is where he is. The other side, in a spiritual sense, is the promised land. It's where God is. It's where healing is. It's where hope is. And so many times, we try to get to him through our own ways. And I want to say something today. I believe with everything, with everything, it's why I stand here today, 
that when I die, I will spend eternity with God. And many of you in this room believe that as well. In fact, it's what keeps me going. But the only way we will ever be able to get to God is if we climb on the back of Jesus Christ and allow him to take us across the rivers of sin in our life. He is the only way. And in this pluralistic world that we live in where there's multiple ways to God, where all religions lead to God, when all you got to do is take a yoga class, when all you got to do is just summit Mount Rainier, all you got to do is stand next to a cedar tree because that's where God is. I want you to hear me today. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the only way. Let me be clear. I love Buddhists. I love Hindus. I even like yoga. I suck at it. But I want you to know, those don't lead you to God. Because he is the only way. Jesus is the only way that connects you to the Father. He said it so bluntly. I am the way. And in fact, this doesn't, this doesn't, this isn't a, his way isn't easy. It's not easy. In fact, it's really hard, his way. And that's not my words. Look what it says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. Enter through the narrow gate. I hate narrow gates. <laughs> have you ever tried to walk through, a, like a, have, you, have you ever been like, I don't know, like on a farm or something like that? where there's like the, the fence is all tore up and there's like barbed wire. I know some of you guys live in Ye uh, Roy and Yelm and stuff like that. You, you know what I'm talking about. And, you, and you're like, ah, and, you, and you get snagged. On, you're like, ah, 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 ah. You know what I'm talking about? Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many... Many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only few find it. I have people say to me all the time, yeah, JF, what I don't like about Christians is that you guys say that Jesus is the only way to God. And I just, I don't know, you, you guys need to be more accepting you really should like reconsider your theology because there's all kinds of ways to God. I think you guys would be way more successful if you could just open up that narrow gate a little bit. And do you know what I say to them? I grab them by their head. <laughs> you, know, you know what I say to them? I say, bro, I can't tell you how I wish that that was the case because it would make it so much easier. I don't like getting through that barbed wire narrow gate. I like walking right in, man, easy. But that's not the way it is. You see, for our benefit, God made it so clear, so specific, 
so black and white because he knew that we would end up living in a world with all kinds of ideology, all kinds of false doctrine, all kinds of cults, all these different things. He knew that it would be that way. So that's why he said, that's why Jesus said, I am the only way. He just made it very, very clear with all the implications that were connected to it. Acts chapter four, verse 11 through 12, says this, Jesus is the stone you builders rejected which has become the cornerstone. Aren't you grateful that he's the cornerstone today? Man, salvation is found. Look at this. Salvation is found in no one else. How many of you know that I didn't write that? (laughs) Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name. There is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. He is the only way. Number two, he is the outright truth. He is the outright truth. Some people think that there's no such thing as absolute truth or outright truth. True for them is like simply what they think. Oh, it's my truth, right? Everything is relative and what truth is for them might not be truth for somebody else. Truth for them is only based on their own life experiences and they substitute truth for lies. How many of you know that Bigfoot is real? It's true. He is real, and he lives in the Olympic National Forest. It's a true story. You know why it's true? Because my 47-year-old brother-in-law says it is. (laughs) Because he saw him. Saw him. When I talked to him about it, he was matter-of-fact. I said, well... He said it's true. In fact, he came, out to, he came out to visit us. And if you go to the SeaTac airport in the gift shop, there's this one gift shop that has a giant, like a Sasquatch. It's like, you know what I mean? This big old thing. And he said when he saw it, he kind of shrieked. He's like, ah, ah, because he just remembered his experience. Bigfoot, you know? And so I said, Mitch, I'm like, where did you, where did you, when did this happen? Oh, when I was a, when I was, when I was a kid? He's like, like nah, he's dead serious. He's like, yeah, I was in the Georgia mountains. I'm like, Georgia? Okay. He's like, I'm in the Georgia mountains. And I was, you know, and we were out there in the dark. And, and I saw him. I full on saw him. You know what I mean? And there he was. And I'm like, what was it like? He's like, I just, well, I didn't, you know, I couldn't totally make out. Like, he wasn't like standing right. But I know, I, I know for a fact it was him because I could just tell. I, could, I, could, I saw Harry and the Hendersons. And like, like I just, I knew and I said, Mitch, it's just, it's not, it's not true. It's not, yes, it is. It's totally true. I saw, I, I experienced him. In fact, most of them live where you live. I'm, it's a true, I said, it's not, that's not, he said, yeah, it's totally true. It's totally true. I said, it's not, it's not true, man. It's not true. What's true for Mitch isn't true for most of us, right? It's relative truth. Oh, there's no, there's nothing. It's just what, what, what's true for me. And I want you to know, this is one of the tactics of the enemy. The enemy wants you to always feel like the truth has been distorted. And that's what he does. He distorts it, right? That's what he does. In fact, I mean, it happened at the, at the very beginning. Come on, did God really? 
Ah, are you sure about that? That's what he's all about. And I, there's someone in this room where you're going to leave here today. Maybe you came up to the front and you said, I surrender all. And you're going to drive away and the enemy said, well, that was interesting. What was that all about? I'm, I, I'm just being, this, is, this happens to me, right? If he can distort outright truth, which is Jesus, he's winning. He's winning. He's winning. If he can get you guys arguing theology at Starbucks, woohoo! All the different denominations we have and all the fights and all the wars and all the, think about if none of that stuff ever happened, what we, what we really could have done for Jesus over the years. But he said, ah, yeah, but the Holy Spirit gifts don't really come. And we get into all that kind of stuff and we get into arguments and we start saying, I don't really know. That's relative. That's not my truth. Oh, that's, I got my own truth. We do all that stuff. And he's just up there, <laughs> these idiots, right? Jesus says, I am the outright truth. Look, look what Jesus says back in John 8. He's in the temple and he's teaching to a group of skeptical Jews and Pharisees. That's what he says. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I have come here from God. He, I mean, that's pretty clear, is it not? Pretty clear. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you're unable to hear what I say. You belong to the Father, the devil, and you want to carry out your Father's desires. That's kind of offensive. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet, because I tell you the truth, you don't believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I'm telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God, hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Jesus not only communicates the truth here, he is it. He is it. And there's been times in my life where I've been deceived by the enemy. Where I've allowed the enemy to inject his lies. He's the father of lies, according to Christ. I've, 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 I've allowed myself to accept some of those lies and say, well, that kind of works out for my truth. Right? And maybe you've experienced that here in your own life where you've, you've accepted this counterfeit truth. And when you begin to accept the enemy's lies, it begins to cage you in. You just, you just become encapsulated with, I don't, I don't know what truth is, and start getting into your own truth and your own philosophies, and then you end up out in the woods somewhere dancing around. Do you know what I mean? Jesus says, I am the out 
right truth. And I'm so thankful for what he says here in John 8, verse 31. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you hold on to my teachings, and, and, and that's, that's the danger. That's the danger. If you begin to, to let go of what Jesus instructs throughout the Gospels, you start to go, I don't know, that's kind of an offensive thing he said there. You know, I, I'm kind of a politically correct person, and I don't want people to get too upset. I'm not going to, I don't want to show, I'm not going to show this person what Jesus says here, because then they're going to feel offended and all that. And I want, man, the gospel is the most offensive thing there really is, man. Because what the gospel says is, you aren't good enough on your own. The gospel says you need a savior. Like, you can't pull it off on your own. And how many of you know that in our Western American culture, that doesn't go over so well with a lot of people? Because, no, I'm the, I got three P, I'm, I'm the man. Right? That's what our culture says. So if you're here today and you're saying, you know what, I want to cherry pick some of those things that Jesus said. I want to cherry, I want to, I'll take some of that and I'll, I'll throw a little that Muhammad said there. And Harry Kirschnick had a kind of a cool outfit and I'll throw, boom, and write some of my Eastern and oh, make my own little thing up here and all this kind of thing, right? So I just want to be, it's, it's, it's the gospel is counterculture. I mean, it's opposite. And Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you're going to have to go against culture. You cannot keep swallowing that false truth. I am the outright truth. I am truth. Take, take me in. Take me in. The outright truth. As the band comes back, here's the last one. I am the way. I am the truth. And here's a little picture I just painted for you, right? He is the overflowing life. He, he's not just life. Like, he is like the overflowing life. And I chose that word overflowing so that it's like, I want to I paint a permanent picture in your head of the type of life that Jesus wants to provide you. Like, he wants you to experience the overflow of who he was. If, if, you, were, if you were a, uh, uh, like, a, like, a, like, a, like a bucket of some kind, let's say that's a picture of your life, JF, the bucket, empty bucket. This idea when Jesus comes into your life, he doesn't just like, you know, all right, there's a little bit of Jesus. No, no, no. Like, like Jesus is, uh, he, he makes your bucket overflow. He has overflowing life for you. You see, Jesus came to give us eternal life, meaning that when we die, we will live again forever with him. But even in this broken place called earth, even right now, he came to give you abundant life. That's the word. So like, BMW and season tickets to the Seahawks. Hey, 
By the way, if you have that stuff, you want to give it to me, I'll take it. I'll take it. Right? Right now, let's just all bow your heads. I'm kidding. But is that what he's talking about? I want to give you abundant life. So you just have, you know, your vacation spot in Maui, right? All that, that stuff's all fine. That's all good. But the abundant life that Jesus refers to is found in Philippians chapter 4 where it says, there's a peace, there's a rest that I provide and I alone provide that your financial planner will never understand. It's a, it's a type of peace that surpasses understanding is what the scripture says. And that's part of this abundant life. How, how many would love to not have to keep popping Xanaxes every day. You could just experience the real peace of who Jesus is Xanax. Of course not. If your doctor prescribes, take it. I'm, not, I'm just saying like there, there's, a, there's a peace, or like a, a different kind of peace that he offers. It's connected to the abundant life. Here's, here's another one that culture can't provide for you, and it's called real joy. I'm not talking about happiness or a fuzzy feeling or a buzz, none of that stuff. I, I'm talking about like real joy, real joy that, that, that provides something else in your life called strength. It's all, it's all the abundant life. It's all the abundant life. Hope, real hope. Man, if I, man, if some of you, if I could just wake up in the morning full of hope every day, not despair, not fear. That, that, my friends, is the abundant life. And I love what the, the, the Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope, here it is, here's the abundant life. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of of the Holy Spirit. You say, JF, how do I get that life? How can I have that in me? Well, Jesus not only does this where he provides that kind of life, he is that. He is that life and he comes into your soul and he can be that type of life for you. And if you've already said yes to him, tap into him. If you haven't said yes to him, I'm gonna give someone an opportunity right now just to say, yeah, that's me. That's me because he is the way, the truth, and the life. Do not let your heart be troubled. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.